Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I am so excited to welcome you to today's podcast. I have something so exciting to share with you. Have you ever noticed how many times I say so exciting? Well, today I really am so excited. Last week, I had a chance to meet with our podcast producers, and we looked at our analytics for the first, you know, several months of this year. And guess what, friends? We are at 6,000 downloads for Inspire on the Go. Just think about that. All of the different women who are listening to this podcast, who are sharing it, who are subscribing to it, who are receiving encouragement from our time together. We just want to say thank you, and we want to give all the glory to God. So I am so glad that you are here. I'm so excited for what God is doing in your life, in all of our lives, and let's just continue to run this race together. Today, we continue to feature our Inspire Breakout Sessions, and we have Sally Hennard with us today. Sally will be sharing about the importance of our minds. Just think about how many thoughts go through your mind every single day. Sally will introduce us to the concept of a water glass and how we can use a water glass to explore practical ways to have thoughts that are pleasing and obedient to God. Sally is a member of our Inspire leadership team, and she is the one who makes our stage look amazing. She also makes sure that our entryway is welcoming, our dining areas, are beautiful. And so Sally has such an important role in our Inspire Conference. And I'm so excited that you're going to get to hear her heart today. You're going to get to hear her, you know, just her wisdom. Sally is a counselor. So she has just so much God-given wisdom. She's a Bible study teacher. She teaches precept Bible study at her local church. She's a gifted singer uh, as she serves on her praise team as well. Sally is a member of First Baptist Church uh, DeQueen. She and her husband, Don, have been married for 34 years. On a personal note, I just have to say how much I appreciate and love Sally. We grew up in the same hometown, and so we go way back together. Uh, You're going to enjoy this session of Inspire on the Go with Sally Hennard as we talk about the importance of our minds. Hello, ladies. My name is Sally Hennard, and I've This is a new adventure for me. I've never done anything like this before. Um, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself and then we'll get started. Um, I live in DeQueen, Arkansas, which is a small town in southwest Arkansas. And I have uh, helped with the Inspire team since its beginning. I love Inspire. I love everything about it. And this was my first time to volunteer to do a breakout session. And uh, I'm a little nervous about it. This is really, really out of my comfort zone. I don't consider myself uh, uh, highly educated in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, I started kind of late in life digging in the Word, and I was probably early to mid-40s. I will be 60 years old in uh, less than two weeks. And uh, so this is really, I, I don't even like to call myself a teacher because a teacher is held to a higher standard. I, I really like to call myself a facilitator, but I have fallen in love with the Word of God and um, I, I just felt led to share something that has been extremely helpful for me. And it was a journey that I didn't really expect to go on. 
and um, it, I used the water glass, and I'll explain that a little bit more uh, a little bit later of to to talk about. Uh, taking our thoughts captive. But anyway, I live in this small town. I'm a high school counselor. I've uh, been in education for well over 30 years. I have uh, three daughters and uh, the oldest two are married. And then I have a bonus son and he's married. And I have um, uh, five grandchildren. When I first uh, prepared this, to uh, present it to inspire in 2020, and that got uh, uh, taken out because of COVID. We postponed it for a year. Um, I only had two grandchildren, and since that time, we have had three more grandchildren. So life is crazy in the Hennard house. Um, I have two wonderful son-in-laws, and I have a beautiful daughter-in-law, and they just they just fill my heart. Um, just wonderful family and a wonderful season of life. So anyway, we'll get on with um, this breakout session, and it's really just how do you see the water glass was the idea I came up with because um, I'm such a visual person. And when I, when this started coming up in my life, it, it was really how I visualized it was in a with the water glass. And I know that most of you have seen this um, question before, or ha- you've had this question posed to you before. But if you have a, a glass of and it's about halfway to the mark filled with water, you get the question, do you see the glass half empty or do you see the glass half full? And almost any time I ask this question, I'm going to get about half and half uh, replies. About half the people will say it's full. About half half the people will say it's empty. So just bear with bear with me for just a moment and just think about that and we're going to use that as an illustration of our thoughts. So and we'll come back to the water glass in a moment. But what really convicted me about my thoughts? Several years ago, I was teaching a high school girls Sunday school class. And in, in one Sunday in the class, Part of our lesson had to do with when Jesus was anointed by a sinful woman in Luke 7. And I want to read the passage to you. And then there were a couple of parts of that passage that it would just, it just like leaped off the page to me. And it just, it just kind of blew my mind. So I'm going to read this passage and then I'll, I'll share with you what, um, what, really was brought to mind. Starting uh, in verse 36, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. 
Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Okay, so hearing that uh, passage, it's verses 36 through 40. What really popped off the page to me was um, when the Pharisee who had invited him in uh, saw this, the next phrase, he said to himself. Okay, he said to himself, he didn't, he didn't say it out loud. This was a thought. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is. He was thinking it. He wasn't verbalizing it out loud. And what, so what happened next is really kind of, I think what blew my mind was Jesus answered him. So Jesus answered his thought. And I think it just, I had an ouch moment because I thought, oh, wow, we really are responsible for what we think. And so this really uh, started something in me because I I struggled with a, of a lot of my thoughts. And to be frankly honest with you, I mean, even sitting in church sometimes, hearing a message, you know, I would think of all the people who probably needed to hear that without even any thought that I needed to hear it and I needed to be hearing what was being taught. So, um, and that's just one example, but I I know that we all can deal with uh, either negative or evil thoughts or sinful thoughts, but just thoughts that should not be there. And so, um, I kind of did some digging, and and I'm sure there are several different ways to look at the stages of sin, but I condensed it down into three stages of sin, and the first one being thought, uh, which is in the mind, and then the next is if you're not satisfied with the mere pleasure of the thought, uh, then consent is given to the deed, and so... Our thoughts are a conduit to our behavior. They're a conduit to our heart. Um, And so, you know, sin starts in the mind. Uh, Therefore, uh, Proverbs says, therefore, every Christian must heed the warning of Scripture to Proverbs 4.23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And our heart and our minds actually work together. I found this, and I really don't know who said it, but it's a quote, so I'm just going to say it's borrowed. Uh, Our minds are mental greenhouses where unlawful thoughts once planted are nurtured and watered before being transplanted into the real world of unlawful actions. People seldom fall suddenly into gluttony or immorality. These actions are savored in the mind long before they are enjoyed in reality. The thought life then is our first line of defense in the battle of self-control. And when I, when I saw this, it's a line of defense. The first line of defense 
in the battle. So, you know, our hearts and our minds are interconnected. Both the heart and mind are needed for biblical faith. They must be engaged to have faith in God. So believing requires the mind, but to trust requires the heart. So they're almost like the heart and the mind are buddies hanging out together. And they, they work together. Uh, there are so many scriptures uh, in the Bible that refer to um, our thoughts and and our uh, just our way of life with God. And there were just there were just some things that that I came across that were that stood out to me, and I just want to share them with you. Romans twelve one. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And our mind is part of our body. Uh, Romans twelve two. We all have heard this one. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, and that which is good and acceptable and perfect. James four seven and eight. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I heard not long ago, just here recently actually, um, about uh, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And how even as believers, if we're not careful, we can kind of linger around him. And if, if we're lingering with him and we're not resisting to uh, resisting him, he is not going to flee from us. So, you know, our thoughts go with all of these things. Second uh, Corinthians 10, five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Boy, there's some conviction for you. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out everything, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So, wow. That, I mean, and that's just, that's just a few. So, what does all this look like and how do we put it into action? And... Here's another question. Can we help what we think? I think that for me, you know, it's kind of like dreams. I would think, well, you know, I can't really help what I dream. I can't really help what I thought as long as um, I don't act on it. A thought isn't uh, that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But back to that opening scripture that uh I shared with you about Jesus responding to the thought of the Pharisee. I, I, you know, we are held up accountable and we, we do have responsibility in our thoughts. So this was my struggle. How do I take my thoughts captive? And so, you know, my focus was trying not to think about things I shouldn't think about. Um, you know, every time I'd have a have a thought I shouldn't think, it was like, oh, oh, Sally, you can't be thinking that. No, don't think about that. And I would spend so much tr- time trying to not think about something 
that I thought about it even more. And I think that is, is, is just really common. The more you try not to think about something, I think it's very common that we think about it more. So it's, it's, you know, that was my predicament. And I don't think I'm alone. I have shared this with several people and the consensus I have gotten from people is they have struggled with the same thing. So back to the water glass. So I want you to visualize this glass. Do you see it half full or half empty? And I will tell you, I think there's a third option. And uh, it's funny, at school one day, we had some students, They sometimes they go around the school, they do things for the school newspaper or whatever, they're doing something for a class, and they'll uh, do polls with teachers or even with students, they'll ask them questions. And they came around one day, I thought this was so funny, and I had already been working on this, and they came around one day, and they asked me, do you, are you a person that sees the, ha- the glass half empty or do you see the glass half full? And I told them, neither. And they said, well, Miss Henner, that's, that's not an option. And I said, well, then I can't answer your question because that is my answer. And so they kind of snickered and they said, okay, so what's the other option? And I said, well, the glass is completely full because it's half full of water, but it's also half full of air. So that gives you a full glass. So just for illustration purposes, I want you to visualize uh, this glass half full of water, half full of air. And we're going to let the air represent those things that should not be in our minds. And, you know, the world is going to take care of those things. If we let that air be there, that's what the world's going to take care of that. And, you know, I really wish that I was in front of you where I could have a glass in front of you. So I I want you to visualize this. Okay, so then the water, since Jesus is the living water, we're going to let the water represent those things that should be in our minds and this is our job. We're going to learn how to do this. So, obviously, if you have a glass of that's half full of water, and you are wanting that water, which is representing the good stuff, we are wanting to fill our cup up. What are we going to do? We're going to put more water in it. We're going to pour more water in it. And that we're going to do that with intentional purpose. So, Filling up the water glass with water pushes the air out. Okay, so if our glass is representing our mind, and again, the water represents the things that we should be thinking on, the things of Christ, we, in order to get the air out, to get those negative things that the world keeps trying to put in our heads, to get it out, we have got to fill ourselves up with the things of God. So I hope that makes sense. It's, and intentionality is when we do something on purpose. So we have to, it's, it takes effort on our part. Um, I, this, this was just a real a, a good illustration for me. 
And I think we can use this both with our mind and our heart. Again, I think our mind and our heart, they work together. I call them buddies. They hang out together. And, uh, you know, so you can, this same principle works on our hearts too. I want you, here's one more scripture I want to share with you. And I think it is uh, extremely important. Uh, It was the answer to my predicament. So, and you know, God's going to provide us with the answers we need. And this came uh, one night, I was actually just sitting at home and I was flipping through the TV channel and I stopped on a channel. It was an Arkansas channel and this uh, elderly preacher was on there. Just a, He looked like just a good old country preacher. And he uh, pricked my heart with this. And we've all heard this scripture. It's Philippians 4, 8. Uh, and meditating on how we sh- how we should meditate. So listen, listen to me. And then we're going to make application to this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Okay, so in other words, we can't simply try not to think about things we shouldn't think about, which I've already mentioned. We must be active in changing our thinking process. Process Those negative or ungodly thoughts can't simply be erased. They must be replaced. It is about filling ourselves with the things of God. So what does this look like in everyday life? This is where my conviction came from the pastor that I watched. Uh, And I'm going to just give you an everyday example of something that we do that's an everyday activity that has become, I think, a habit in our American society. And I had fallen into the trap like many other people do, but... And, and this is just one example, but watching news 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it is amazing how many people I know that sit at home and they have their news channel of choice. It doesn't matter to me which uh, slant the news channel takes, but there are several news channels that run 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I know people who's, who, even if they're not sitting watching it, they have it going. They have it going all the time at home. And so he posed this question. He said, take, take the news, for example. Let's run it through the filter. Let's just run it through the filter of this passage I just read. Keep in mind, we're talking about a news channel. Running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Is it true? Well, it might be. Some of it is. Some of it may not. But it certainly can be tainted on either side. But is it true? Maybe, maybe not. Is it noble? Is it just? Is it pure? I don't know if we can say yes to any of those. Is it lovely? I would say the biggest percentage of news is usually negative and they don't share a lot of the good things and there are a lot of good things they could share. Is it a good report? Is there virtue in it? 
Is it praiseworthy? If you if you take that one thing that we have that is is blaring in our minds all the time, if if you're one of these that watch watches news like this, run it through that filter and does it fit any of those things? And and you know that's that's just one activity, but I, we could do that with anything in our life. We could do it with books we read. We could do it with. Uh, conversations we have with other people. Are those conversations, are they lovely, good, just, true, noble? And if they're not, you know, what are we doing about it? So, you know, I just think these are, this is a good test. And I feel like this became my answer to my predicament of thoughts. But now let me take it a little bit further. So, and also, let me just say that the only source of truth and, and loveliness that we're ever going to have is, is in the Word of God. It is truth, and it's a sure word. It's truth, and it's solid, and we can, we can count on it every time. But, you know, it's not to me just enough to, to um, look at our thoughts and, and, and train those thoughts and take them captive. I think there's even, a, I think there's even more to it past getting, getting to that point. And, you know, I'll think about, um, and actually I would make the argument that God doesn't just want us to fill up our spiritual tanks for ourselves because, you know, if you'll take that water glass now and I want you to convert it into a pitcher that has a spout on it because we really should be spilling out on other people. If you only fill up yourself and leave it with that, think about what happens. And again, if we look at the water uh, and and we can switch now uh, from a water glass, my I kind of went to the thought of of um, say a pond or a maybe a, a puddle uh, or maybe a ditch with all the rain we've been having lately. If water can't flow in nature, it just water in nature. If it can't flow anywhere, what happens to it? It becomes stagnant and it becomes a breeding ground for bacteria. It can be dangerous to humans and animals. Drinking it or even touching it. Uh, and not washing your hands can make you sick. So sometimes even lakes and swimming areas are shut down because of bacteria. You know, stagnant water uh, is just unhealthy. And if all we do is fill up our spiritual tank and let it stay there and we don't do anything with it, you know, what good is it? Um, God wants us to pour out on other people. And, and, and splash on other people the truth and the goodness and those just and noble and, and uh, pure things that, that we are filling ourselves up with. If you compare a stagnant body of water to a, say, a river that is flowing and is, you know, if water's running and rushing in nature, it's, uh, it's clearer. It's, you can see rocks in rivers or springs when the water is clear and that water is going to be running. And so, um, you know, I, I just picture that as, as if us 
spilling out on other people and being Jesus to those around us. And then what happens then, take it a step further, if we are splashing out on other people, then we have constantly be, uh, have to, we are constantly needing to be refilled ourselves. And so we don't just fill up once. You don't fill up your tank once and, and it, it's good to go from here on. You have to keep refilling that tank. And that's the same way with our thoughts. We have to keep filling ourselves with the things of God and, um, so that so that our spiritual tank stays full and we can continue to pour out on other people. So um, I hope that all of this kind of has makes some sense to you. I I know I have a tendency to ramble on, and I uh, like I said, this isn't really my comfort zone. But I will tell you this: uh, after I. Uh, saw this pastor and heard his comments about the news, I'm going to tell you, it was a life changer for me. That night, I turned off the news. That has been a year and a half to two years ago. I occasionally will watch a little local news. I I, I do try to keep up with a few things that are going on, but I have my limit to what I will listen to because it makes my heart sad. It makes me have a sick feeling in my gut and in the pit of my stomach. And I want you to know that it has been life-altering for me. My uh, fear level has gone way down. My uh, attitude has uh, improved. Uh, Not that I had a terrible attitude, but I will tell you, it 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 did have an effect on me and i had become one of those people i think that's one of the reason it hit hit me in such a profound way is because i had become one of those 24 hour news watchers and um even if i wasn't watching it i'd have it on and so it was that background noise all the time and the background noise i need in my life is the word of god uh, maybe through music, worship music. And most of you who know me know I love music. And um, it, it's, it, was, it was a life changer for me. And so, you know, I choose to listen to podcasts in the background now, worship music. Sometimes I'll turn on a, 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 a good preacher. Even if I'm just cooking in the kitchen, I hear that in the background. And um it has it has been a life changer for me, and about uh, probably two months ago, my husband and I were talking about this again. Uh, I was telling him I, I needed to get my recording done for this uh, podcast, and um, he turned the news off. And after about seven days, I'd say about a week, he said, you know, you're right. I do feel better. And then two weeks went by and he's going, I I could see it in him. Uh, he, he's a great guy and he's always good to me, but even his attention toward me seemed to change in, in a manner that was more loving and caring. And, and he noticed it. And I don't know if it was because he wasn't being brought down by all that negativity. But y'all, I mean, we have tested it and it really does work. 
And I just would challenge you to to be intentional about your thoughts. And remember, in, in anything, it's not that easy just to try to stay away from something. It's kind of like when people get delivered from something, you're not just delivered from something, you are delivered from something and to something else. So it's replacing it. We are going to fill our lives with something. We're going to fill our time with something. We're going to fill our minds with something. We're going to fill our hearts with something. The point is, we have to decide What are we going to fill ourselves up with? And if we are not intentional about filling ourselves up with the things of God, those things that are higher, the world is going to fill us itself. And and I don't want to be filled with the world. I am not. I know I may live in this world, but I am not of this world. And I want to know that I'm filled with God and His goodness. And I want to know that in the in allowing Him to fill me, that I can splash out on other people and hopefully make a difference to them. And I'm just going to ask that we pray right now. Father, I just want to thank you for every single woman who is listening right now. You have purpose in each of our lives, and you have given us all the tools we'll ever need to be obedient to you. I know it's difficult to walk in this world and not allow our thoughts to be polluted by all the negativity and heartache we see But I ask that you would help us to keep our minds on things above and to seek that which is pleasing to you and that which gives you honor. You really do know what is best. Help us to seek your best. And as we do, help us to show others that they can have your best too. We love you. We praise you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Ladies, I hope you got something out of this. If you didn't, I did, Uh, and I just uh, love you all, and I pray God's richest blessings on you. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full, free, abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.